And so today, in this final installment, let me, like I have been all the way through this series, start with a quick question. Let me ask you, is there a place in your life, a place in your world, that when you start to think about that setting, maybe it's a vacation, maybe it's a a place, a quick getaway, maybe it's just being with friends or family. Is there a place that in your mind, you're like, when I go there in my mind, man, I just feel at peace. I just feel at rest. Maybe it's on a, a beach in Destin, Florida or Orange Beach and you can hear the crashing waves, right? And you're like, oh, that right there, that is just peaceful. That's beautiful. Maybe for some of y'all, it's your, 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 your hunting camp, right? And that right there, it's the getaway from the day-to-day, the busyness of life. And you get to that camp and you sit down and you're like, man, waking up at that ungodly hour, <laughs> getting out amongst all that creepy-looking trees and forests. You can tell I'm not a hunter, right? And so... And you're like, man, I get out in the woods, I get around nature, and I'm sitting there with you know, my gun just waiting for that deer to look me in the eyes and for us to have this quick moment before I pull that trigger and end his life. That's not dark or anything, right? <laughs> Praise God. Bambi scarred me, okay? Bambi scarred me. But... <laughs> But there's places for, for, I'm sure there's some places, maybe for some of the grandparents in here. It's just, you know, when you you get that phone call and says, hey mom, hey dad, would you mind if we brought the grandbabies by? And you're like, yes, this is a good day. This is, you know, who cares about Florida? Who cares about Branson? Like, bring me the grandbabies. That's peace. That's love. That's joy right there. Some of you aren't beach people, maybe mountain people, Colorado, Tennessee, you know, something like that. For me, can I tell y'all, my, my place, it's, it's, it's Fiji. Now, I've never been, I've never been, but I just assumed that it would be my place. <laughs> but, there, but there are some places, my wife and I, we love, honestly, we loved, we loved going, to, when we first started dating, we went to New Orleans Every single weekend, and we'd walk around, we'd find a new coffee shop, and we, we'd find a new place to eat, and we, we'd just, you know, enjoy the city. In fact, we fell in love with the city, so we got married in New Orleans. And so now, when we go on our anniversary trips or birthdays, typically, we will end up in New Orleans reminiscing about those dating days. There's just so much love and excitement and joy that comes when we head to that place. A lot of us, when we think other than maybe the hunting camp, but when you think of your greatest places where you get away and you unplug and unwind, typically you're thinking, I'm with somebody else. My family member's with me, I have a friend with me, I have my spouse with me, but typically you're going, okay, I'm not getting alone, I I want somebody there with me. That's what makes the journey so much fun. The psalmist, the same one that wrote all of these other psalms about being planted and flourishing in the house of the Lord. The same psalmist that wrote, I want to be a doorkeeper, a gatekeeper. I want to wash the floors or fold the laundry in the house of the Lord. The same one that said, I pray with expectation. He also wrote in Psalm 122, he wrote, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. 
I think the excitement, right? You've heard this scripture before. You might have if you've grown up in or around church. You've heard this. You've probably heard it in some sort of praise or hymn. And and you're like, man, there's days you'll wake up on a Sunday or maybe actually we'll get up here and exhort a little bit and say, man, aren't you excited to be in church this morning? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. But I think it's so cool that psalmist, when he wrote this refrain, he didn't say, I was glad when they said unto me, hey, you, you need to get to the house of the Lord. No, no, no. He made an exception in his little refrain. He said, let us go to the house of the Lord. This morning on this final portion of this stop going to church series, I want to finish like this. Stop going to church alone. It's time as the people of God. It's time that we understood what it is that we experience on a weekly basis. Every time that we gather together, you and I know that when the praises go up, what? God's glory is going to come down. All of a sudden, there is going to be a rush of peace and joy and strength that comes into the room. And it's so important that God, he told us, hey, I want you to go and tell others about what you experience. You've experienced something great. Now, stop doing it alone. Start telling others about what it is that you're expecting and so experiencing. And so when we are doing life and we are going to church and we are planted in the house of the Lord, it is time that we stop doing it alone. That's why as families, I think it's so important you come to the house of the Lord as a family. I think it's so important when you've got friends, they know, hey, I've got the house. I'm going to the house of the Lord this weekend. I would love for you to join me. I think it would be so great. You would just be blown away by what you would experience. You know, the psalmist, he wrote this, but we also know in the New Testament that it was written when two or three are gathered together in his name. The name of Jesus, he, Jesus, will be in the midst of them also. His spirit will be in the midst of them. We know that when we come into this place, there's two or three gathered together and we're gathered together in his name. We know that we get to experience his presence on a weekly, literally multiple times throughout the week basis. And when we get into the presence of Jesus, here's the great part. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. We come in this place with that expectation like we talked about. And we know that the impossible can take place. We know that miracles can happen. We know that people can be delivered. People that have been fighting addictions and said, man, I've tried everything. I've tried the patch. I've tried this. I've tried the gum. But in the presence of God, all of a sudden, chains can be broken. We know that their needs can be supplied. We know that mental health can be restored. We know that broken limbs can be put back together. We know broken lives can be put back together. We know that we are in the presence of the Most High God. And anything can happen. And so, since we understand that, since we know that, I think it's pretty important that we stop coming to church alone. That we do what we can to make sure that somebody knows, I want you with me in church. I want you with me in church. I would love for you to experience what I get to experience on a weekly basis. 
I'd love for you to have an opportunity to see what it is that I do and why I do what I do. We can look at some people and some lives, and I'm sure if you didn't grow up in church, there might be some of you that said, I never quite got it. I'd look at them and say, I don't know why they choose to do that or why, until I got around what it was that they were doing. And then all of a sudden it made sense. And I said, okay, I get why you do. I get why you go. I get why you give. I get why you serve. Because everything is different. I can speak of my dad's testimony. I am so blessed to be a second generation down my dad's side. Pentecostal young man. And, and I'm so thankful when my dad tells me the stories that he tells me. The brokenness and the, the lostness. And yet there was something inside of him. I've got a great picture. I, I wasn't able to find it. But my dad, he has hair down to the middle of his back, okay? He'll be with us in about a month, and you guys can tell him I told you the story. But he had hair down to the middle of his back. He showed me a picture. I said, oh, is that my Aunt Pam? He said, no, that's your dad. I said, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> but in his life, he just there was so much brokenness. And, and, and it didn't make sense to many people and still doesn't make sense to some people in his world. Why did you choose to go the path you went? But when he got a hold of Jesus and Jesus got a hold of him, it changed everything about him. And here's my dad now raising three godly children, three children who are all in ministry, serving God and living for God, doing what they know best to do, all because he made a choice. Hey, I'm changing the narrative here. I'm getting into the house of the Lord. Somebody said, hey, one day they brought him into the house and said, I'm not going to church alone. And they grabbed Mark Hannington and they brought him into church and it changed everything. Think of the stories that will come from this place as we bring our friends and our extended family into the house of the Lord and all of a sudden things start to switch in their lives and all of a sudden testimonies will come. And one day, who knows, 35 years from now, there'll be a man standing behind a pulpit saying, I'm so glad God, God got a hold of my family. God got a hold of my parents. It changed everything about our family. In this place, I'm so thankful that when we don't come to church alone, we can see testimonies made. We can see transformations begin to happen. Can I tell you, I truly believe this right here, the body of Christ, the church, the ecclesia, being a part of the called out ones is one of the greatest things, if not the greatest thing that you could be a part of on planet earth. This community of believers, being around like-minded believers is so important. When you walk through hard times, I'm telling you right now, you can call any individual in this room and they're going to pick up their phone and say, what can I do for you? They're going to be looking out for you, trying hard to see what it is that they can do, pull the strings that they know to pull, help. I'm telling you, being around a body of like-minded believers, being a part of the body of Christ is a game changer. And so why would we not want others to be a part with us? I got a text message and kind of fell right into place, I guess, today. But uh, Josiah texted me at about 5.15 this morning. And he said, Pastor, I just want you to know how much I miss Zachary. I miss my church. I miss my friends. I miss my family. And all I could think is there is a young man 
that he, he had no true connection in this place. Except that some people said, I'm not going to church alone. And they made sure, I'm going to get Josiah to church every single week. And to this day, here he is, now moved on back to Atlanta. And he's still saying, hey, I love being a part of the body of Christ. It's powerful. It's powerful what can happen. The psalmist was not the only one to speak of the excitement of going to the house of the Lord with others. In Luke 5... 17 through 22, we read a story of a group of friends who understood the importance of getting their friend to Jesus. Luke 5, let me read it here. It says, one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men... They came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, I think that's pretty powerful. When he saw their faith, not just the one individual's faith, But when he saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking. He asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Pretty, pretty powerful story. Pretty powerful what happens when some people say, hey, I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going where Jesus is, and I'm not going alone. I'm going where I'm expecting great things can happen. I'm going where I can expect a miracle, and I am not going alone. There's a few things that I'd like to point out in this story this morning. First of all, these individuals, these friends of the paralyzed man, they had some things going on in their lives. You can see the first three parts of this series taking place in their life. They had some fruit going on and flourishing inside of them. They had love. They, they had that faith. They had that expectation. They, they, were, they, they were full of that fruit saying, my friend is in need of something and I am going to help him get what it is that he needs. They were full of long suffering, full of gentleness, They they had the fruit of the Spirit alive and flourishing in their life. But not only did they have the fruit alive in their life, they were also serving someone else. They could have easily said, hey, I've I've got a lot going on. I've got a lot on my plate today. Jerusalem's bustling, you know. I've got some things going on today. I've got to take my, you know, camel for a wash, whatever, you know. And, and, but instead, they said, I would rather 
serve in the house of the Lord where Jesus is than I would to do whatever else needs to be done. They, they decided, I'm going to serve. They get their friend, and you know what they did? They, they went with an expectation. They went with an expectation. They said, you know what? This Jesus that we've heard about, this Jesus that maybe they had seen before, this Jesus, things happen when people get in his presence. Lives are changed. Healing takes place. Miracles happen. And what we understand and expect is that if we can get our friend to him, maybe something can happen on his behalf. And so we're going to go to the place where Jesus is, but we're not going alone. And so they start to make their way to Jesus. I think this next part is pretty cool. They, they, they made sure that they were going to get their friend there Whatever it took, whatever it took, I mean, for myself, maybe you, you're a little different, that's totally fine, but typically I try to use the front door of somebody's house. I mean, even like some people are like, hey, you can come in through the side or come in the back, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I'd rather just come through the front door if that's okay with you. And, uh, but I totally get it. Some people are like, oh, no, no, just come in through the garage, like you're totally good, and it's like, uh, okay, and you're like walking up the side of their house. You're like hoping no one thinks you're some like, you know, thief. And this is weird, you know. And, and, but, but these guys clearly had a situation going on where the front door was unaccessible. It was packed. It was full. They didn't know what to do. Well, okay, well, I, I've waited in a line. I'm sure you have before as well. If you've ever gone to Six Flags or, or Chick-fil-A or any of these other wonderful queues, you, you know what it is to wait in line and you wait your turn and Chick-fil-A's now got the two lines and you're just hoping I pick the fastest one, right? Do I get in the right or the left? I, I choose wrong most days. But, and then you start watching that car. You're right, that guy was one ahead of me. No, no. Anyways, but we all know what it is to wait in line. We understand. And so these guys, they very easily could have said, you know what, we'll just wait our turn promptly, politely, uh, with positivity, and we will wait our turn to make sure that we get in the presence of Jesus. As some people exit, we'll slip in and we'll, we'll do what it is that we you know, feel compelled to do. But instead, they didn't do that. What they did is they did whatever it took to get their friend in the presence of Jesus. They did something that I'm sure many, if not all of us, have ever done. They started to rip off some roof tiles. They started to make a little bit of a mess, kick up a little bit of a, a storm here, if you will. And they started to pull back the ceiling. They raised the roof. They did what they had to do. They're like, okay, here's, we're going to make a mess. We're going to make a, a little bit of a ruckus. We're going to make a little bit of a, a you know, a, a situation occur. And, and so they rip off the roof and they start to lower their friend into the presence of Jesus. So what does that look like for us? Well, you know what? Maybe it means tricks and treats. Maybe it means doing things, hey, whatever it takes, I'm going to get, I'm going to get my friend around the presence of Jesus. It might not be a church service the first time. It might not be a, 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 a big event, but it might be, hey, 
Why don't you come over? I have some friends coming over and all of a sudden, hey, there's a connection made with the body of Christ. And they're like, hey, those people are pretty great. Where do you know them from? Well, I know them from church. Well, hey, you should come check it out sometime. Wow. Guess what? That's, that's, that's kind of peeling back. That's not doing things naturally, but it's doing whatever it takes to say, I'm done going to the house of the Lord alone. I'm going to rejoice and say, hey, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. They did whatever it took to make sure they got their friend in the presence of God. And then finally, I think this is so cool. Eventually, it got to a point where they, their expectation and their faith met. Their expectation and their faith, it, it came to a, a, a very a point of tension. But then their faith overtook even their expectations. Because as they lowered their friend, there came a point where they let go of the ropes. Where they said, okay. The miracle's going to take place. The miracles, I, I've done all I know to do to not come into the presence of the Lord alone. But now I'm expecting God to do what only God can do. And I think it's so cool. They lowered the man down into the presence of Jesus. But they were not expecting to pull him back up through the roof. There came a moment where they said, okay, I prayed. I've done what I know to do. And now that they're in the presence of Jesus, the miracle is going to take place. I think it would behoove us if as a body of Christ, our prayers, our expectation, our faith all came to a collision point where we got people into the presence of Jesus and then said, all right, God, let's see what you can do. Let's see your miracle working power on display. I'm so thankful that we have a church that believes that. I'm so thankful that we have a church that moves and, and just follows the voice and the leading and prompting of the Spirit on a weekly basis. And we allow God to do what God does. I'm so thankful for those of you in this room where your faith, you come in here on a Sunday morning just saying, God we're let, taking the limits off, and you do what only you can do. God, I've come into this place, and I know I can do some things. I know that I can help clean. I can help serve. I can help greet. I can help welcome. I can help do play. I can help sing. But God, after all of that, I'm letting go of the ropes, and I'm just going to say to God be the glory, and you do, Lord, what only you can do. Let's all stand this morning. I think it's so important that we be on a mission. You know, Matthew 28, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, given that commandment, that the great commission to go into all the world, making disciples. As church, it can, as church members and church leaders, it can be easy at times to say, well, if I just make the church, I mean, we're doing, we're doing all we can to have a people catcher in this place. We're doing all we can. But that still doesn't take the onus off of us to say we have to go. Because it's easy in the 21st century to say, well, no, no, they need to come to Jesus. They need to come into this place. They need to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll promote, we'll do all we know, and then 
they'll just come. Well, no, no, no. That is not what Jesus instructed us to do. He instructed you and I to go. That we were to go into our world. That we were to go into our workplaces, into our local communities, into our local ACE, and into our local grocery stores, and into our local Walmarts, into our local Home Depot. That's what he called us to do, to go and make disciples. But I believe that if we are planted in the house of the Lord, that if we are planted in a place where miracles can happen, it won't take long that when we go, they're going to hear the same words. They're going to get that same excitement where it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And so as we finish this series, as we finish this series and we head into Thanksgiving season, into Christmas and all these wonderful times where we're going to have an opportunity to talk to people about what we do on a weekly basis, I think it would be very imperative that we made it a big deal in our lives to tell others about the house of the Lord. And what happens when two or three gather together in his name? I think it'd be a big deal if when we get around our extended family, we get around our friends, we get around our loved ones, we get around those that we are closest to, that all of a sudden that testimony starts to rise up inside of us and says, I can't explain it. All I can tell you is I've been planted in the house of the Lord and my life is beginning to flourish. I can't quite tell you exactly how it all works out. I can't give you the X's and the Y's. I can't give you the two plus the two, but what what I can tell you is that when I got into the presence of the Most High God, it changed everything. 